0: Am I supposed to be upset that you asked me to be on a failed podcast? That's offensive. (laughs) Well, you know,
1: I don't know what to say. Jerry told me to call you. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: I'm Josh Nolan, and I have failed, 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 succeeded,
1: and then failed some more. That was even better than the first time we tried it. There we go. Okay, so I kind of messed up on the audio, so please bear with me. It's just the first part. I didn't press record on my computer on the audio part, and I was using the, the Blue Yeti mics. so just the first part's kind of weird, but then after that, uh, the audio gets better. So please bear with me. ASMR
0: edition. they listen to us drink water. My, my wife loves ASMR. I think this is going to be a favorite of them. Isn't that something crazy? <laughs> what has it... Where has our childhood gone from Saturday morning cartoons right? <laughs> to the entertainment that we have? Right. It's funny, because we're actually going to talk a little bit about that,
1: cause, you know, about as far as TikTok, but it's just so crazy to me yeah. how social media and just... I mean, anything's entertaining now, if you think about it.
0: <laughs> we're on the precipice of just all new entertainment, all new avenues. We, Ten years ago, we didn't have apps. Mm. Now we do. The jobs, the money, oh, it's the crazy. ability to fine opportunity out there. I think we're just, I don't know if you're in the metaverse, but that's a whole nother. Are you in the metaverse? No, I'm a a 37-year-old man with four kids. I don't have time to be in no
1: metaverse. I'm I'm trying to be, but welcome to the failed podcast. I'm here with my guest, Josh Nolan. He's a successful business owner, and he's a successful, which is shocking for me to say this, TikToker. (laughs) He's amassed over 750 thousand followers and welcome to the failed podcast TikToker. Do you like being called a TikToker?
0: Uh it's uh you know it's a badge that I hide so that people don't see it. No, it's it's pretty it's given me a lot of opportunity to show my passion, my job, to people that would have never even looked me up. And so in that I definitely uh grateful for the opportunity that it is given me in my business and so look forward to talking to you. thanks for having me yes sir
1: thank you for coming here and this is our sixth episode so i'm wearing kobe sixes and i don't know josh here cares anything about shoes
0: but i'm wearing kobe sixes so this, Does that's, your that's the one right there those i just are, got off board I, what are these uh kobe zeros no those, those, those are better actually i think those will uh be better for
1: your feet and everything but I just, you know, welcome to The Piddle Podcast, and I want to thank you again for coming here. And first off, um, first question here, tell us about what you do, and I know it's something interesting because of the fact that when I first heard about what you did, and I know I'll let you talk about it, I thought differently. So tell us a little bit about that, and I guess I'll tell you what I thought about it at
0: first. Yeah. Well, let let me know. I, I, I look forward <laughs> to hearing all... I, my mom and dad, when I was doing this, still didn't understand, and I grew up from my dad installing carpets, right. so... It is something that is kind of unique. When I first started, there wasn't even a category on Google or Yelp mm-hmm. for carpet repair. It mm-hmm. was carpet installation and carpet cleaning. Right, and that's what I
1: thought. Yeah. I thought when
0: you said carpet repair, it's cleaning, or right. shampooing, sure. and then, but it's different. It, it is different. Now, a lot of the guys who do what I do are carpet cleaners mm-hmm. rather than the installers who would maybe have more experience in tools So it's maybe given carpet repair a bad name through the decades, because I've had a lot of people uneasy with the idea of basically what I do is I come in someone's house, I'm gonna cut open their carpet like a surgeon, and then I'm going to carefully piece in, patchwork carpet back in place. So if someone, especially in this Bay Area, the, the dogs rip up the carpet, the cats rip up the carpet. I've had pet rabbits rip up the carpet, even a rat, who snuck in under a door, ripped up the carpet, chewed it up, there's your ASMR. <laughs> and uh... Uh, these customers, right, mm-hmm. a lot of them are tenants. A lot of them are trying to get their security deposit back. They, they're they maybe fearful of talking to their property manager uh, or maybe they've clued them in on it and they just need to resolve it. So they're gonna replace all the carpet? Are they going to uh, live with it and risk it mm-hmm. in the Bay Area? We pay the most for rent, right. and security deposits. So this, what I do is all over. I've networked with so many people from all around the country and even the UK, Australia. I was FaceTiming a guy two days ago. He just finished certification. He's a carpet cleaner trying to do this. So it's crazy uh, how much of a demand this is, but it relatively is, is a new thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat to be... One of the guys who was showing this to uh, these social media platforms. Pioneering it, huh? Well, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's been around, but it's always been something that, oh, yeah, i got someone or a handyman who can do it. And I'm really trying to make it into, like, a thing that people understand.
1: Do you actually still clean carpet, though?
0: No, I never cleaned. Uh, I used to install, but I haven't done that for eight years. Maybe a friends or family type of thing, but... I got a story about that as well. Oh, I don't no. know. If you got no, I'm,
1: I'm actually excited to hear that story. Well, and it's interesting to me because of the fact that, um, you know, you talk about the deposit. I live in Southern California and the deposit is also expensive. Right. I live in a one bedroom uh, apartment and I pay 2400 a month, mm. but I'm pretty sure it's more here.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I did a house uh, apartment. And the rent was up to eight thousand. I mean, no. it was a penthouse in San Francisco, but the mean price was—I I did a video about it. I think it was somewhere around thirty-five, four thousand wow. for just just to rent. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are paying. I mean, of course, you're going to pay less as you go further south to Morgan Hill or Gilroy, but it's still pretty. People don't understand, and that's that's one of the things people that's are crazy. like, why would you repair that carpet and pay you just? their security deposits are a couple hundred bucks. right? But in, in, in the Bay Area, we're paying 2000 right. maybe a month's worth of rent right. or even more. So it's maybe a little different, but once again, I think this is something that is a demand anywhere where there's carpet. There's mm-hmm. going to be a demand for carpet repair.
1: It's funny. As soon as I started realizing what you did, um, I sent it to one of my students. Yeah. And I told him, "Hey, you should think about doing this because I oh, mean, yeah. this is I think, you know, I think about it, I teach economics in our school. Yeah. Economically it makes sense, you know, cuz I you know exactly cuz I know you you I know there's one video. I don't know exactly how much you charge, but there was one video you actually said how much you charged. Mm. And, you know, you said how long it took you. Right. And then there was another video that I I did I some researching. Some yeah. You yeah. said you did 5 in one day. Right. So, it, you know, I started doing the math and I'm like, "Hey, man, you should learn to do this,
0: you know? <laughs> hey, hey, as long as you don't ship them over here to the no. Bay Area. <laughs> no, we got some good guys over in, in, in LA, uh, Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. This is an add-on for so many carpet cleaners where it just makes sense. It's mm-hmm. like picking up a $100 bill on the ground. Right. right. Why wouldn't I? Right. I'm going to bend it. Now, again, people have to get over some anxiety and some kind of, you know, there's certain training to be able to cut someone's carpet up. But typically I found, and I've reached out to my carpet guys out there, repair guys, have you ever had a job go south? Has someone never paid? Have you Mm -hmm. been sued? And I'm not hearing those stories. I'm sure there's some out there, but that's really the number one reason why people don't get into this. They're fearful. I didn't do the job, I don't wanna touch it, I don't wanna be held responsible. Mm -hmm. And there was that part of me that was like, you know what, I'm gonna go for it.
1: There's always a fear. And There's starting weird, anything.
0: Exactly. And starting a business, but even in doing this type of niche type work right. where it's not, it wasn't common. It was really kind of a... Maybe a side thing that you would do. You wouldn't do it full time.
1: Now, when did it hit you to go for this specifically? And I know you said you installed carpet. Right. When did you say, you know what? No more installing carpet. Right. This is easier. This is smarter. And we could actually do something with this specific niche.
0: There you go, James. What it was, I was turning 30. Mm-hmm. I was over in Santa Clara Rivermark. I had a realtor, Mike, who was always giving me kind enough to give me his installs for these houses. I was doing one or or two, maybe three a month uh, at the height of this, but I was a school teacher for seven years. So I had to do the demands, of course, my salary job, but also the installs with barely any time. So Mm -hmm. I would be going after school. And I would have to turn this around, you know, on his timetable because mm-hmm. the real estate market—it's got to be right. done. But if I didn't do, if I if I started turning down jobs, I wouldn't get them all, and they'd find someone else, right. right? That's my mentality. So consequently, I had my buddy Eric helping me, and we're sitting there, and it just hit me after the police had come to the door because of a noise disturbance. If you're familiar with those Rivermark are right. all townhomes, so. Right. We try to be quiet, but we were trying to get it done in a certain time. Oof. And it was like, man, that was like the second time, you know, within a period of yeah. a few months that someone, you know, had complained and people called and was like, I can't keep this up. I had been doing repairs. I loved them, but I didn't know if I could do them full time. So I just made a promise to myself for that birthday candle wish. I said... I'm gonna stop saying yes to installs, and I'm just gonna take on repairs. And I'm gonna really focus on that. With the caveat, if it if it slowed down, if I didn't have work, of course, I'm gonna go Take on installs, right. right? I'll just start doing that again. And that's been eight years now. Wow, that's and it's awesome. been it's been carpet repair, uh, having a time doing it.
1: Would you say? I mean, I don't know if that's segues to this next question because you know, like I said, this is called the failed podcast. Right. Would you say that's the failing point? In your business and i guess we just want to hear two things you know because you know you're doing well now but want to hear i guess where was the failing point maybe in your life or maybe in the business
0: oh yeah good question and <laughs> you know what i what i realized a long time ago was i was born on third base but i didn't hit a triple i was given so much i was given the tools i was given great parents i was given a good background you know, I, I, I went to a Christian school. I had right. awesome teachers. You know, my, my uh, the people who invested in my life, my personality, how I talk to customers, it all traces back to someone coaching me, someone. I, I witnessed that. So that has helped me. You know, I don't want to be like patting myself on the back saying, look at all these things I've done. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't for all of those uh, mentors, teachers, influencers in my life, I, I wouldn't be able to have any type of measure of success that I have running a small business by myself, not off the truck, I'm not doing anything crazy, but Mm -hmm. I I am able to survive in the Bay Area as a blue collar worker. Um, So I wanna get that out of the way. Right. (laughs) So I I haven't really had like this, oh, I'm in the gutter moment Mm -hmm. with failure, but this does come to mind as I was thinking about, you have me on the podcast, it was 2009, just welcomed home a baby boy. We bought a house within a couple months. So this was the turn of uh, the economic downfall. It was the uh, before this one. Was before <laughs> this one, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it went every five to ten years yeah. it repeats. But the housing market crisis. I had a lot of friends who lost their houses. Mm-hmm. We were able to buy, but at the time I was teaching and I needed at least one job a week just to break even. I mean, just to pay the bills. Right. And I was optimistic with that because we were able to buy a house. I wouldn't have been able to do it on my salary and with my wife at home not working anymore. It was just based on me, so.
1: Which is crazy in this area to buy a house.
0: Right. (laughs) But I had the in because first time home buyer Mm -hmm. and it was a short sale. But at the same time, it took all of our resources. And so I needed a job and It was getting a little tight, bills needed to come, credit card, we had one, it was already maxed out. I'm looking at that bank account, it's getting down, down, down. And I'll I'll never forget the job. I was just hoping, praying, wanting work, right? Willing to do it. And I got a call, I was so excited, right? Any, any man, this is great, my phone rang. It was in San Francisco. And so I think it was maybe a couple hundred dollars but at that time, I had no money in my bank account, no money in my credit card. I needed that job. We were living like, not just paycheck to paycheck, but job to job in that small time. Now, by mm-hmm. the way, homeowner. So right. it's not like it's. I'm in the gutter. Mm-hmm. I could have sold a house or whatever, but right. you know, we're a young family. So it was just one of those things where I was really desperate and looking for that job, I went to San Francisco. I didn't have enough gas to get back home, oh. and I realized, oh man, I they can't pay me in credit card, they can't pay me in mm-hmm. check. I need to get cash. So that was my mentality: is I gotta, I gotta let them know. And man, I'm like, how did I get myself into this situation? Well, I get to the job, and I guess I this is another learning point for me. But they were just looking for a quote, and they were like, oh, okay. No. And I had already thought I had given it to them. And so definitely since this time, I've learned how to never have this happen again. Right. But now they're w- wanting me to just leave after five minutes of looking at their oh, project. Man. And I'm like, I can't make it home. What am mm. I gonna do? I'm gonna ask someone for money? Like, I, I, don't, I, I can't put it on my credit card. I don't have you know, the money in my bank. So I said, you know, would you be willing to do it for 150? Well, we'll see. We're kinda looking at other quotes. I said, 100. And I tell you, James, I was willing to do it for 15 bucks just so I could have enough gets... money to get back home. Wow. And for me, that was a low moment because I was like, how did I get myself into this situation? But it also was uh, I knew, you know, from day one doing this job, I would be willing to do no matter how nasty the job or, uh, you know, pet urine, soap, whatever, it's not all and glamorous because right. I'm working on filthy carpet many times, right. but I'm willing to do that, you know, to provide for my family. Right. And so he was able to settle it for a hundred. I had a little extra money to show for myself. I got myself home. He paid in cash. Mm-hmm. And that was a moment pivotal for me to say, how can I make sure I don't get in this situation next week? <laughs> and, you know, part of that is knowing how to budget your money. and, right. and, and again, knowing how to not make purchases. And, you know, again, every, every business is especially starting out is going to have those times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as bad as some other guys. It wasn't this, it, but, but I learned how to handle customers through that time, how to make sure I bid the job, how to look at pictures, especially mm-hmm. with cell phones and smartphones. I could send that to where it's all down. It's all figured. Right. And they don't have to wonder, you know, what the estimate is. Mm-hmm. It's, I know how much time to, to plan. I know how much work it's going to take. I know the supplies, materials. They know the cost. That's the negotiation. We've already settled it. I don't have to go to a job and wheel and deal and barter. It's just clear. And really at, at that point, I think work started turning around as far as how I scheduled jobs and wasn't going to get in that spot again.
1: I think it's crazy you said that because you said you were, was it again, 30 years old? You just turned well, 30?
0: Uh, for that one, that, that was when yeah, I guess right. Well, a little younger than that.
1: Yeah. A little younger than 30. Yeah. yeah. So it's just amazing to me because you're telling me about like when things started turning around and you told me about when you started doing the right. the patching of the carpet. It's amazing to me because that's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm 31. I've been teaching in our Christian school for, right. you know, I think, I don't know, now eight, nine years. Yeah. Uh, wow. And just kind of trying to, you know. Try some things, things out. out, right? So that's awesome.
0: But mind you, people, we are at the Radisson right no, now, so no. we are living it nice Get it's our funny. Niagara water.
1: It's funny, actually, before this room, we were at another room and we found like a couple bugs mm. and then we complained about it. So
0: we're not gonna put that on hotels.com
1: or anything like that,
0: but. What are you gonna do? I knew, I know a good pest control guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Oh. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, what was the turning point? I'm guessing, you know, you, you kind of touched on that a little bit, mm-hmm. but you, we talked about, I guess, the low point. Is there another time or would it be that time where everything just kind of started turning around? Everything was good. Everything was great. And it was just like, wow, it may not be great, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's something here. And it's just like.
0: Right. Well, with with what I do, I mean, I left the full time teaching mm-hmm. and went full time repair. So that was a big moment for me. At that time, um, I was still doing installs and repair. It was just any money that I could get, I right. would do. And it was a couple years after that that I went full-time repair. So I think it was the... the uh, I, for me, it's always been the customer's reactions and mm-hmm. their gratitude when they called 10 other stores and they said, no, I can't do this. Uh, I, we didn't install it. We're not, we don't cut in anyone else's carpet, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah and then my customer was like but then i found you i saw your reviews on Yelp and i was like man i, I hope this guy is what i think he uh, what 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 everyone's saying he is and for for to help a customer and to see their reaction to see the happiness you just took care of it uh, a big uh, problem that again they're thinking maybe they're going to lose a lot of money and uh, i thought man if if i can if i can work a job every day and make people that happy and they're going to spread, you know, the word. And I think I can really go far with this, you know, especially because no one's wanting to do it. So I think it was all around that time, but it was, it was, uh, it's been my customers reactions and their, uh, remarks that have basically encouraged me to keep going with repairs. Right. right?
1: You have over 750,000 TikTok followers, when i mean that's a lot of followers i mean that's that's more than toronto raptors forward pascal siakam i mean
0: this guy he's got the shoes man he's got the (laughs) turkey. but (laughs) when did TikTok come in yeah tell me about it (laughs) that's all been really a whirlwind it's been Mm -hmm. really fast i mean it's been about a year and a half now but uh right before the pandemic i was Trying to get onto social media, YouTube videos, Instagram. And I was watching a video that said uh, if you really want to boost your Instagram numbers, you got to also put posts on TikTok. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Went on there and I was like, where am I? <laughs> it was a bunch of dance moves and everything. Right? Right? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know what? This guy seemed to know what he was talking about. Did your
1: wife oppose
0: you going to no I No, I would show her, you know, um, there was a lot of funny stuff on there too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think like anything, uh, once you like certain things or follow certain right. people, it curtails it. Right, right. But when you first get on there, they're showing you anything and everything. Right. So I think that's how a lot of social media, I'm not a, the biggest social media guy in general. I've only really done it for business. Um, so I started posting videos on there and people were... Uh, I was noticing the views were a lot more than Facebook, Mm -hmm. YouTube, you know, that kind of thing. And people were saying FYP. And I looked it up. And at that time, whatever Google search I read said, fix your page. So I thought, (laughs) oh, man, they don't like it. Something's wrong with the video. But I didn't realize that they were saying for you page, which was they're like, I really like your video and more people should watch it. So I started seeing that. And then you had the first one that, hit a million views and your phone is just buzzing with notifications, likes, comments, people in disbelief. You have your haters, you have people who love it. And it's like, wow, there's, I mean, you have a guy in a closet fixing carpet and yet people find interest in it. And like we were saying a little earlier, who knows the amount of opportunities that are out there right Right. now that are being made, especially with some of these social media sites, you know, I'm not going to be any uh, Mr. Beast with carpet, right. okay? But, I mean, you think, take that guy's influence and how he started. Right. And it was just consistency, and he found right. his, his way of doing it. He was just, crazy. Yeah, I just watched a documentary on him last night. Oh, I, really? My kids love him. And what's cool about him, they also like Dude Perfect. I mean, these guys have, uh, uh, they're Christians, right. and then they've been able to use their influence in this world to really go, I mean, They're stellar and and they're doing so much and they're giving back. And so if I can be in a small way in the carpet side of TikTok doing that, then that's great. I think the biggest compliment I've gotten from people is during COVID, they were saying this is like therapy for them. To hear my voice, to see me fixing carpet, hear the tools. And for me, that makes me want to laugh. But at the same time, I understand there is a hurting world and if they t- see someone who loves his job and is fixing carpet, we can't solve all these big world problems, right? Mm-hmm. Again, you know, not to get political, but what's the big thing now? It's the environment. Or right. Then you look at uh, uh, the, um, all the different, everyone is opposing each other. If I can fix even just a small little thing in someone's life and make right. it better— you know then that gives me satisfaction and i feel like i am making the world a better place one carpet patch at a time did you
1: think you would amass that many followers
0: no with with <laughs> with that i had no idea again yeah. i was trying to grow instagram which for me it's not even it's i i think i have 10 11000 on you're there you're just trying
1: to reach this area even
0: yeah exactly <laughs> and then all of a sudden people are watching you and start following you and, yeah. and once some of those videos start going viral i guess you know i don't know what's viral now i mean right. a million used to be big but i don't think it's big anymore mm-hmm. the biggest video i've gotten is like 17 million views wow but even then that's nothing compared to the world of right viral videos now but I'm, I'm grateful for it but you know i think once people start once those get pushed man people just start following you like crazy and then commenting and sharing and that's the cool part about that community is if someone is in a need or they see some carpet problem in a, a video and they're not even addressing carpet, but people tag me all the time. Someone's talking and in the background there's carpet that's messed up or rippled.
1: They, they want you to be like Gordon Ramsay. You
0: I know. You know. see that one?
1: You know, Gordon Ramsay
0: yeah, yeah. critiques the, right. the food. Right. It should that could yeah. be you. Yeah. That could be a new series. I don't know. That would <laughs> probably go against my personality there to be like, what be are you mean. doing? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's been. Uh, uh, to see that just start growing. And Mm -hmm. so it's, yeah, I mean, I'm in disbelief. Again, I never planned I'm going to do all this, but it's definitely given me encouragement to keep going. And there's been other opportunities and things presented um, that could be in the future that, again, I would have never dreamed that I've been in contact with people about. So I'm excited. I'm encouraged to keep doing it. And even if in 10 years, I'm still on the truck, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm doing what I'm doing now. I love it. So if I'm helping people in one way with their carpet problem and then with these people over here enjoying watching carpet getting fixed and making them feel better, right? then it's like a win-win, right? right.
1: Yeah, I think it's cool because of the fact that, I mean, I think you can agree with me. It's kind of like art. I watch some of your videos. I'm being honest. I watched a couple at first. Yeah, you know, I've known you for a couple of years now from afar or ish. Sure. sure. <laughs> but um yeah, I watched it. And then I just started, you know, of course I had to get ready for the interview. So I started watching all of it more. And then I just got in a rabbit trail of just watching all of your videos. Oh yeah. And I just started talking about like, you know what? Because you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm kind of business minded. I'm like, you know right. this is a good idea. You know, we should probably and I started doing right. the economic of it and I'm just like right. mm. And it is art, you know, it's so you know, personally, I guess as a fan, um, it is. Yeah, it's kind of like ASMR—that feeling that you get where you're just like, "That ah, feels good," you know. Right. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I think what's good too is you know I've seen you in skits and youth conferences and everything like that. And I think you you tried to
0: put a little bit of that into yeah. It. The personality's gonna come through, right? right? So, I I never wanted to take myself too serious with mm-hmm. it because, I mean, in the end of the day, right. I, there are guys who I used to be before I was on TikTok. I was on YouTube and there's mm-hmm. like, you know, every trade has wars, right? Oh, these no. guys are saying, this is how you do this one thing. Right. And these are, No, you don't do it that way, you do it this way. And it's like, again, like yeah. we say, with with anything in this world, everyone is on the right side and these mm-hmm. guys are on the wrong side. And it's just so ugly and messy. So I was like, I don't wanna get involved with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be passionate and hopefully humorous with what I do to maybe, you know, Again, it's 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 like paint drying, you know. It's because for me, I just I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, I've had customers say it's art. I've had people say it's magic. You're a (laughs) wizard, Harry Potter. Uh, You know, I saw that
1: video. You did something, Harry Potter. Right,
0: (laughs) right. There's uh, there's all of that. So yeah, I I love the artistic side of it, and then. Now with social media, I've always loved when I used to teach, I used to do a video editing class. Mm -hmm. So I've already had some of that knowledge. And then it's like, now I I can apply it. It helps my family. Mm -hmm. Again, it's like, it's a hat that I wear maybe like social media, but it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're passionate and you like something, then is it really a job?
1: It's funny you said something about a war because one of our followers i think he's a subscriber but you know him at fully lover had a question he said why do you hate big carpet so much
0: (laughs) you tell that fully love congratulations on the purchase of your carpet store next guest no kidding (laughs) big carpet is against carpet repair why would they and this goes back to thousands now of customers who've Mm -hmm. told me this jane Oh, we can't fix this pet damage on your carpet. Instead, let's replace all of it. Right. Let's replace ten (laughs) thousand dollars. Oh yeah, just we'll get you a good deal though. Mm -hmm. And so here are these customers of mine who have one or two areas. They just need someone to do a little magic, a little art. And yet big carpet says no, it can't be done. Trust us, we've got the brick and mortar. (laughs) We got the flashy neon lights. And yet us little carpet guys in our little trucks riding around, mm-hmm. we're overshadowed because of big carpet. I don't so, know if I'll put this in, but is he
1: a big carpet
0: now? He is. He oh, works he at a carpet that, store. That's
1: why he has that store. He question. bought
0: a carpet store.
1: That's why.
0: Yeah. I'm like trying to figure out like, oh, Right, so there's a war
1: now. There's a
0: war. Oh man, Put but little... I, you know, I've reached out. <laughs> I think he is actually interested in all seriousness to add carpet repair. Okay, now to his newly uh, uh, purchased business. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, so if there can be some <laughs> training, uh, seminar or something involved with that, I think that'd be a great addition, yeah. to uh, a carpet store, adding maybe like an insurance type of thing where. Uh, for their carpet, you know, they're, they're, they'd be uh, willing at a certain price to come back and within a certain time frame, fix any mishaps that happen because mm-hmm. it's, again, so easy to happen.
1: Let that be a lesson, America. Big carpet, carpet repair, uniting. Come on. That's right. That's what we need right now. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of questions... Uh, I have a couple questions. Zach Church, at Zach Church, well, we know who he is, but Zach Church asked, what's the worst job you've ever done? Whether it be repairing or installing or, well, I guess we'll just stick with the repair, not the installing, because I think you already talked about the installing the the worst job where they kept trying to call the police on you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was no fun. That's funny with Zach, because he was my first technician. Oh, I'm carpet repair guys, but for the longest time, it was just me. So, Zach, we made him a shirt that said S. He was the guy Z of Carpet Repair Guys. Yeah, he helped me for a year and a half, so it's funny that he would say that. Um, he would probably say the job I took him on where there was uh, animal poop on the carpet that then he had to work around and fix because it was stained and they couldn't get it out. And so, he is on this job and I'm, you know, I would have him come with me and I'm having him fix this stuff. And he's like, I I can't believe how dirty and filthy this is. And I want to go home and take a shower. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to the next job. It's just the life of a carpet guy.
1: So the worst job actually involves...
0: It probably involves (laughs) it. Yeah, it's going to be the odor in in the animals. I mean, honestly, even worse than that is urine. Because our machine, when it zaps that carpet, it heats up. And a lot of times it's going to pull up. If you can imagine taking a bowl of cat urine and putting it in the microwave, what that would smell like is, I've never done that, but I've been on jobs when I've heated that up and that's kind of, it permeates your clothes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for your economics student, maybe he needs to know that side of this as well instead of just the dollar bills.
1: Are you, are you an animal person?
0: Yeah. Oh, you are? We have a -a (laughs) sheep-a-doodle at our house, two years old. And uh, when she was a puppy, she was already causing me to have to take my tools in after work to fix her mess. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I've done that.
1: (laughs) I guess I'm not going to say what I'm going to say next, so never mind. (laughs)
0: Because my wife and I are full-on
1: non-animal people. No animals. animals. Not at all, which is so crazy because growing up, I thought, man, every girl likes dogs. I'm never going to find a girl that won't like dogs. Yeah. So I just have to suck it up. I literally, my whole life, I'm like, okay, I just need to learn to like dogs because every girl likes dogs. And I actually found a
0: girl that doesn't. Want a pet. Where does this come from? No dogs. I don't know. I just... I don't know. I've not met too many people who are anti-dogs. <laughs> no, we're not anti It's not like we want to kill them or what, anything. What did that dog do to you as a five-year-old?
1: You know, I think it's because... I'll tell you a story. Maybe it's because I'm Filipino.
0: Um, you know... Okay, oh, I know there's oh, what this... What happened
1: now? Oh, I'll what, tell you what the story. What road have we gone into? So, Cuisine? I'll tell you the story. So when... <laughs> When I was young, we gave, so a neighbor moved in. We had, I think, two or three dogs. And we gave him a dog. We said, hey, you know, welcome to the neighborhood. Here's a dog in the Philippines. And then out of nowhere, I think a week and a half later, they invited us for dinner. And then we're eating. My brother's eating. And then my brother, uh, oh, no, not my brother. He was still pretty young. But, um, you know, my parents asked, hey, where's the dog we got you? And then they just looked at the food. And then we were just like, and then my brother started crying. I was too young. I was younger than my brother. So I didn't really.
0: <laughs> on this very special episode of Failed Podcast. So that. That'll
1: do it. That, maybe that's it. You know?
0: Oh, man. I've never
1: been bit by a dog or anything. I'm just, right. I don't know. Like, I like if I see a dog on the side of the road, I'd be like, somebody take care of that dog. Just not me.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah this so. would be the wrong work then because almost every job there's some pet or something that has caused the damage right so you got to be I've... <laughs> you got to you got to be somewhat of a dog cat person
1: i was gonna ask like maybe did this drive like the hatred towards having pets oh or no
0: <laughs> i'm looking at those little buggers and going thank you thank you you just put food on my oh, table that's true. oh keep it up and they're always the customers saying How can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Conflict of interest. You think I'm going to give them the right answer? (laughs) No, and I don't put any peanut butter under the carpet, Mm -hmm. so they go back to it. No, I never do that. That is smart, though. Right? Repeat work. Um, (laughs) No, it's, uh, I don't know what the question was. Oh, no, no.
1: Are you an animal
0: lover? I do. I love them. And I will pet them and thank them because without them, I wouldn't have nearly as much work. I guess I
1: am in a way an animal lover because of how as much as I love... No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't prefer to eat dog, okay? It just doesn't help the whole uh, stereotype because I did get to
0: eat. Anyways. Uh Hey, you're speaking your truth.
1: Um, one person asked at jcity.one said, why do you irresponsibly, uh, irresponsibly drink or put ice on milk?
0: Why would he, what What does that have anything to do with what we're doing <laughs> right now? I have no idea,
1: but I made sure to tell you
0: or ask you that question. You know, there's a lot baked into that question. And he seems to suggest that I see ice coffee right there. Um, people put ice in their soda. Without batting an eye, Mm -hmm. right? It waters down that drink. Well, if you wanted to have a cool, refreshing glass of milk with maybe some cookies, what's wrong with a little ice cube in there? I agree. I agree. Oh, it's going to water it down. What are you, some type of sloth? How long does it take you to drink your milk, Josh? (laughs) How long does it take you to drink your iced coffee? Mm -hmm. And iced coffee has milk. And it has milk. Exactly my point. So you know what? Just throw that one out. Right. We, we don't. No, even never mind. It. We're not answering that. We're okay, going to edit that the out. Podcast. No one needs to even l- hear this.
1: Well, I guess we'll segue on to kind of like a more serious question here. But um,
0: I only have three questions, and I know you're a
1: busy person, so I'm going to try my best to be quick here. First of all, what are your tips on going viral? If you.
0: Oh wow! I don't think anyone has the solution. Um, let me just speak to that by saying, there are some videos that I've done like ooh. I remember this one last week did really well. This mm-hmm. one, wow, it's really, and it's a flop. Wow. So I would say what I've learned is just be passionate about what you do, be authentic, mm-hmm. and just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And again, with I've not really had anything go viral on any other platforms. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm, I'm gonna be thankful for what I have with TikTok, but it's not that I have cracked the code or have a secret recipe. I think a lot of it is something unique you know, that you're not copying someone else. Again, I was doing something that most people hadn't, didn't even know existed. So mm-hmm. if anyone is trying to start something, uh, you gotta be, start getting comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, like what you're doing here, maybe uh, pushing yourself and then trying to find ways to make it your own. Because, uh, you know, again, I, I look at people who have been successful with it and they all have their style. If you're gonna to try to be someone else, what do they say? You'll only be second best Ooh. at best. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll be third or fourth because right. other people would be better at that person than you will be. But you can be number one if you're being yourself.
1: That's great. That's actually really good. <laughs> I'm gonna take right. that to heart, to be honest. With if you.
0: That's nothing original, but it needs <laughs> to be said because I've never tried to, you know, get famous or or, mm-hmm. or, or uh Get so many subscribers. Those weren't even my goals. I was just trying to use a free avenue of Mm -hmm. advertisement for my business. Right. And I'll tell you this, I'll get honked at, and I think, oh no, did I cut that person off? And it's someone waving saying, I love your videos. No. (laughs) I've been on vacation hours away, but in my truck. Right. And people are getting a coffee saying, making a big deal, going, I know you, I watch your videos. Uh, so the amount of outreach uh, and influence that you can have, again, s- small scale, it's pretty profound. So use it, help people, be authentic, and keep doing it. You got to stay at it, right? Anyone's going to say that. And
1: I think that helps not just with going viral, but I feel like with a lot of, you know, because I try to gear this towards young people and young adults. Right. They're trying so hard to be somebody that they're not. And even in life, really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What kid, here's the, here's the thing, this is, I, I'll speak to this, mm-hmm. at 16, 17, there's a lot of pressure, what am I gonna do, right? My, mm-hmm. Like my dad taught me this trade, I never thought of, this is what I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow in his footsteps, right. or in his knee pads, I should say. We're always on our knees. <laughs> but I knew that, like he taught me, I'll have this to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And it was the same, it, it was true. I did this in college, I started the business in 2003, I taught and I always have this to provide income, it's okay to not know everything that you are supposed to be or or what you need to be, again, being so young. Mm-hmm. Follow opportunity, mm-hmm. dream, but it's rare that that person is gonna be able to do both, right. to have his dreams be paved out for him to follow. Right. I didn't even know what my dreams were at 17. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I just had to have an answer. Here's what I'm gonna, what are you gonna do when you grow up? I don't know. But if you have a passion for something, see how that, where that takes you. If you have a drive, see what opportunities. So many people think it's college or it's this or that. Maybe there's an opportunity for you right in front of you with the cards that you're dealt that you can do something amazing with that you love. Because I would say, ask most people, do you love your job? Mm Even the ones who make a lot of money, no. a lot of them don't. Wow. Too much stress, too much time restrictions. There's so much that, and it's not like again. I've I've shared some things about my job that are gross mm-hmm. that I don't like. Right. But I, there's so many. You know, it's going to be. Does it outweigh? And so, but I do. I I love my job, and I would say that's the most important thing. Even more than you got to be able to pay the bills. But right. if you don't love what you do, right. Uh, you know that's not doesn't sound like a, a fun good life yeah. to
1: yeah and i think that's why you know so many people get stressed or so many young people get stressed because there's i feel like they in the back of their minds they know what it means to be successful which is to be happy and you know love what they're doing right but then i feel like there's this pressure of what success looks like and many times they try to go for what it looks like or what it seems like success yeah but they're not actually going for the real success and which is you know what i mean loving what you do you know being at peace being happy kind of what we've been talking about in this podcast and i mean and it's sad it really is sad and so many times sadly there are a lot of people that are in their 50s 60s 70s they still haven't figured it out
0: yeah <laughs> no it is a sad a sad testament to mm-hmm. uh what you think is gonna give you happiness. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like in in, in my job and what you're trying to do, you're trying to help other people. Right. And yes, I get paid for it, mm-hmm. but I'm helping people. Right. And like I told you, what was that deciding factor for me to pursue this? It was the reaction on mm-hmm. my customers' faces. Right. It was the the happiness and the fulfillment that I received from that. You know, when I was a teacher, that was a hard thing for me to have to leave. And I had so many good years but the work was never done. And right. that's a long-term thing. So I have so much respect for people who like you are teaching and influencing that no, next I'm generation. <laughs> Cuz I want to get out. I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> I hear you on that. But the people who stick it out and do that, you're not making a ton of money right. and there's so many headaches and hassles mm-hmm. and students and parents and and then the workload and all of this that you're trying to do. Right. But the ones who Find a way to do that, you know, and are good at it. I mean, yeah. That's oh, awesome. I have so much respect. Exactly. Oh, and so, and and then just you just look at that, uh, you know, across the board. So, again, I think we put a lot of pressure on kids. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna right. do? And maybe just see what they're. In. That's what I'm trying to do now with my kids becoming mm-hmm. teenagers. I have one who will be a teenager this year. What are they bent towards? What mm-hmm. do they like? And let's uh, gear them. And, and see if, if they're interested. And if, if not, no pressure. Right. Let's expose them to so many different avenues right. Right. while they're young and give them some experience, give them some training, and then maybe they can fall back on that like I did with my dad mm-hmm. in their 20s or before their 30th birthday.
1: Random question, I mean, this is how I feel. Um, I like teaching. I don't like being a teacher. Oh. Are you, did you kind of feel that? Maybe not in the beginning,
0: but I did. I love teaching. And then there were, I I never, here's the, the, the truth. I never trained for, for being a teacher. Right. So again, going back to our school, it was just one of those things that there was a role and needed to be filled. Mm -hmm. I was willing to do it for Mm -hmm. a year. And then what happens? A year turns into two, three, five, seven for me. Same. (laughs) And there was part of me that tenacity, like, I'm not going to give up. Right. Like this is difficult. So let me conquer it. Mm -hmm. But then it came to a part. I mean, for me, I remember I watched this movie called Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm -hmm. And that movie is supposed to be this teacher who left his calling of being a musician to be a teacher. And at the end of his life, his students perform this amazing number and it's his opus. And it's a it's a tribute to his work. I watched that movie with tears in my eyes because I knew I wasn't supposed to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I didn't sign up. That wasn't my passion. I wanted to be good at it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to get to the end of my life as I looked at that man and he was happy that the road turned him to be a teacher instead Mm -hmm. of his music career. But to me, it had the opposite effect. So it's amazing what books, (laughs) music, uh, movies can do, um, just thinking through things. And for me, I was like, you know what? There are other people who want to be in this position Mm -hmm. who have a desire, right? And it's easy for me to just take the paycheck and it's not like I wasn't trying to do Mm -hmm. my best at it, but I wasn't, that's not why I was built. And I'm so thankful for those seven years working with teenagers and and being able to, to learn how to better communicate because now, again, that is helping me in what I do now in mm-hmm. some degree or another. I love teaching.
1: Right. Teaching. Because this is teaching in a way. Yeah. I, I don't like being a teacher. Sure. <laughs> and it's amazing you said that about the movies thing, how it kind of had an opposite effect. The goal of it, yeah. really, they're right. like trying to tell you being a teacher is great. Exactly. It's kind of, it reminds me of when I went to the Philippines. So I went there recent, not recently, but a couple years ago. It was right after the hurricane happened. And we. will we raised a lot of money my dad's in charge of just these group of Filipino-American pastors right. and we raised money and we wanted to give it cuz we hear these stories where if you donate it it just it doesn't get there so we wanted to go there so we went all the way to the Philippines and we did a missions trip and it's amazing to me cuz every time somebody goes to a missions trip they're always like hey now they want to go to that church or the the Philippines or wherever it is and it's amazing to me so they're expecting that from me you know they're like hey look at what's going on here all these people all these souls they they want to hear the gospel. Do you want to come down here? I said, no, because it did the opposite for me, because I'm like, man, there's the hunger is here and there's people here. There is no hunger in America. Right. And it did the opposite to me. I'm like, now I have a burden for America. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of, no, I, I don't know. That. If that's
0: like it did, did the, the people are, there. Are, are more willing and that hunger is yeah. there. And so, yeah, people are like, let's go there and help them. Right. But then what can we do to influence and get that hunger back here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what so, you're saying. So uh, it's funny
1: how that kind of, yeah, that, I reverse psychology.
0: Sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> last or second to the last question here. What is your, and I ask this for every podcast, what is your definition of failure?
0: I, I would say, again, my mind maybe goes to Proverbs. If you fall down and don't get back up. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you failure again, like trials, like hardship is, is, is baked into humanity. It's baked into our lives. Mm -hmm. It's a series of us failing, striving, trying. Um, It's important. Failure is, is the opportunity to do something better, to do something again. Uh, It's the sunrise that we can. Uh, look at a day with fresh eyes, perspective, but with some experience to maybe not make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's Bill Murray and Groundhog's Day getting that perfect day right. He gets <laughs> the girl. <laughs> he plays the piano. I think someone projected he was in that world for 40 years. I watched a YouTube video about that. This oh. is Groundhog's Day.
1: Somebody actually tried to see how... Someone long
0: did was. all the math on it to see and calculated it, you know, how long was Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, right. you know, to, to make that perfect day, right? Where finally, finally he wasn't interested in himself mm-hmm. and he was interested in helping others. But how many times did he fail, Right. you know, in his endeavors, right? Um, but but it, it takes that. And so if you have a healthy look at failure to see... Not be embarrassed by it necessarily. I mean, we got to learn from it. But mm-hmm. to realize everyone does it. And now what am I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Because the fool is the person who keeps doing the same thing right. and expects yep. success, expects yeah. different results. So uh, that's important, I think. I I, think like that's that you,
1: what... I like what you said about a healthy look at failure. I feel like I'm going to... Yeah can i steal that tagline i might use that a healthy look at failure i'll put that in the the little description there so we looked at the definition of failure what is your definition
0: of success Ooh, success um there's no conscience so clear uh as one that can go to bed at night and just fall asleep Mm -hmm. success would be peace Yeah. Uh, It's not necessarily wealth. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have that. Are they successful? They'll be the first to admit it. I mean, I think Jim Carrey said, I wish people could know what it is to have this much fame, Mm -hmm. this much money, and realize it's not enough and that's not what it's about. Right. How many times do we have to see a Tom Brady get that and it's never enough? Mm -hmm. He's going to retire, maybe. Maybe he'll come back. But he has got to drive. It's Mm -hmm. all about that journey for him, not that destination to get in that ring. So I think success is that journey to strive to better yourself, better the lives of people around you and having that peace that right. comes from it rather than like a dollar sign or mm-hmm. a status, right. you know, uh, fame or whatever it is. Although those are easy hanging, low hanging fruit that we use to measure it. Mm-hmm but how many people are going to have that level and the people who do it's always there's always someone to the right of you mm-hmm. or above you who of has course. even more of course and it seems like no one's content with that so yeah. they they are not content they don't have that peace they don't have that just calmness and i think it just becomes narcissistic and it's just an ugly ugly uh, machine a beast that you make when you are are you have the wrong goals and desires mm-hmm. In, in an effort to have success, mm-hmm. you know.
1: And I don't think, and I'm not, I'm not putting you on the spot, but you, I don't think you've s- seen our last episodes, but it's amazing to me that it's the same message. Oh, yeah. You said peace. Right. And it's been peace. Yeah. And it's just, it blows my mind to hear that because really that's it. Success is peace, having peace in your life. And, right, you know, I mean, that's, that's it, you know? And it's so many times. And it's sad because, you know, you talked about it, what Jim Carrey said about how, you know, if I, I know about that quote, but I guess I forgot yeah. how to phrase it. Um, but it's amazing to me how so many young people still, they still go for it and and they don't get it. It's almost like, you know, I've seen somebody get hit by a car. Right, right. I'm not going to see like, well, maybe for me it's going to be different. Like I'll Break it's, the mold. Yeah, it's the same thing, but... You know, they still they still go for it. You know, I've seen way too many young people or young adults. They're they're depressed at their careers. And I'm like, why? Why are you going for it then, you know? Yeah. So I'm really glad that you pressed on that and about about peace and not getting into. I heard, I think there was a term for that called the hedonic treadmill. Mm. How you get in. And uh, I, I heard that from, um, he's in YouTube, forgot his name. But he sold Twitch for a billion dollars. Wow. He sold Twitch for a billion dollars and he thought that was it. But then now he wanted to build a $10 billion company. Why not? And then he wanted to build a hundred billion. It never ends. And he did not, never find peace. He never found peace until he just gave it all up.
0: (laughs) James, there's an old proverb that goes, (laughs) a man was asked, a wizard was asked, what is the one wish that you could grant your worst enemy Mm-hmm. Do you know what he said? I don't think he was a wizard, he was just a man. <laughs> but here's, here's what he said. It's a better, it's, it's it sounded better. It cooler. <laughs> the wizard said, I wish that my worst enemy would get whatever he wanted as soon as he wanted it. And you would think on the surface,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's wait, we, we didn't say your best friend, we said your worst mm-hmm. enemy. And the logic goes, what a miserable life it would be to not have any struggle, not to have any journey, wow. not to see accomplishments and wins. If everything you ever wanted was given to you just like that, how how, how would your life, how, how can you enjoy going downhill on a bicycle mm-hmm. when you first didn't learn the pain, the agony, the sweat to get up, to get up the hill? Wow. If everything was just downhill, it, there would be no perspective. If every day was sunny and there's no rains, if there were no storms, so I think that you have to have that healthy look at struggle, failure, the downsides of yeah. life to enjoy the good things. Right? Because this life is fleeting, as we know. I teach a little kids' uh, Sunday school class jesus others you mm-hmm. we can't be at the front of it mm-hmm. you know your faith has to be important others right. and you're never going to have true joy if, if if you get that switched around mm-hmm. so
1: and it's crazy so i guess what you're saying is with success you can't truly join enjoy the success without the failure
0: I way. think so. I yeah. think so. And by the way, I, this is not me saying I've am made I'm a success. I'm right. still striving. Right. I would love to see more things happen. I'd mm-hmm. love to get off my truck. I'd love to do training seminars. I'd like mm-hmm. to take the publicity and some of the uh, uh, influence that I have and be able to travel and do things or franchise. Uh, I don't know what opportunities mm-hmm. await, but I'm excited to go right. through those. And I'll right. probably fail along the way, mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll have some successes there. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really, really am grateful for this talk. And I guess, I mean, that was the last question. I mean, do you have anything to plug?
0: (laughs) I'm on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Carpet Repair Guys. And I'm going to be fixing carpet. I'm going to be maybe telling you a story. Check me out. I appreciate James here, The Failed Podcast. What a good outlook that it is to have. And uh, I wish you the best success. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much.
0: And if you're in the Silicon Valley area. Yeah, Bay Area, San Francisco to Gilroy, Fremont.
1: If you need your carpet repaired, you know who to go to. Not not replaced, not don't
0: shampooed. Replace don't do that.
1: Repaired. And it's art. Right. It is art and it's beautiful. And you, may, you never know, your carpet Woo! can go viral.
0: Uh-oh, yeah. You'll see it on
1: TikTok. That's huge. And it's amazing because when I told my students I was interviewing you and I showed the TikTok, a lot of them knew who you
0: were. Oh, <laughs> and that's it, just crazy to me.
1: And it's funny to me because I said, wait, you guys don't recognize him? And then I forgot how long ago it was that you were Hans and Franz.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know which one. Hans or Franz? Which one were you? Hans. Hans.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm like, you don't remember? Hans? Remember
0: Youth Conference? That's a generation ago, James. We're getting old. I know. We are getting old. I'm like,
1: wait, you guys don't know. How do you not? What?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So they don't know.
1: But they do know you as the carpet guy. Wow. So that's exciting.
0: Wow. That's a badge I'll wear proudly.
1: Make sure you follow him on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, every social media platform, MySpace. Go ahead. Uh, Go if you could find him there, follow him. And uh, thank you again for being here. And... Yeah, follow me as well. Uh failed podcast. Um, I'll put the link down below as far as all my socials. Follow me on Twitter at James underscore abrot1030. Follow me on Instagram at James Abrott. And also, you can go ahead and buy my book down below on Amazon and go ahead and try that out. Me versus my friends. And go ahead and subscribe. I'd love for you to subscribe and also watch out for our next episode. I'll be interviewing um Kyle Travis, Mr. I can be ball himself as well. Thank you so much. And in the words of Jerry White, I'm out.